0: Congratulations, you have just found the number one over 50 health and wellness podcast on the planet Hello and welcome to the over 50 health and wellness podcast I'm your host kevin english i'm the founder of the silver edge and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean healthy body That you love for the rest of your life So you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest strongest most vital version of yourself Today, we have another episode of The Coach's Corner, so no guest; it's just me, and we'll be back next week with our normal interview format. But today, I want to talk about body dysmorphia. This ugly phenomena doesn't just affect people suffering from eating disorders, but I'd be so bold as to say we all fall somewhere on the body dysmorphia spectrum. Today, we'll talk about what body dysmorphia is and how to overcome it. This episode is brought to you by Living Libations. Living Libations has a line of pure organic hygiene and beauty products, and I switched over to their products well over five years ago. And they are an important part of not just my hygiene care, but my whole body wellness care. You can check out their full line of soaps, shampoos, cleansers, oral care, deodorant, natural makeup, and so much more. Head over to SilverEdgePartners.com and click on the Living Libations tab, and get 10% off your order when you buy through that link. Again, that SilverEdgePartners.com and click on living libations. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with today's show. Overcoming body dysmorphia. All right. Today we're going to dive into a topic that's not often discussed but it is incredibly important and that's understanding body dysmorphia especially as it pertains to those of us in our 50s and 60s. Now, as you know, when we talk about health and fitness, we're often focused on the physical aspect. That's losing weight, gaining muscle, improving endurance, restoring and optimizing our metabolisms, but there is another side to it, one that's just as crucial and that's our mental and emotional well-being. And that's exactly why I want to talk about today's topic of body dysmorphia. Now, before we get started, let me share my own journey of my personal struggles with body dysmorphia. From a skinny teenager to an overweight 40-something-year-old to my current struggles today, and yes, I still wrestle with this. The first time I became aware of my own body was as a late teen, so I was maybe, I don't know, 15, 16 years old, and it was this perception of being skinny and weak. It was a negative connotation, and I identified very much with that skinny kid in the Charles Atlas ads, if you guys remember that. I was that 98-pound weakling that was getting sand kicked in his face and watching hopelessly while the cool jock walked off with my girlfriend, very much insecure with my body and could very much identify with not fitting in with these stronger, fitter kids. Now to add some gasoline to my poor self image as a teenager at this time, We were poor. My family was very poor. So about this time, my my parents had split up and I was living with my mom. We just didn't have any money and we were like dirt poor. And it seemed like my clothes were always too big for me. So I felt even smaller in them because my clothes were always really baggy. And I think the idea was my mom was buying my school clothes each year, not based on my current size, but on my future size because I was growing so fast so that we could get our money's worth out of these clothes before I outgrew them. And it just made me feel even more insecure. Now, speaking of mom, love you mom, but I can't remember exactly how old I was when I got my first real professional haircut, but my mom cut our hair for most of my childhood and even teenage years. Now, my mom is an incredible woman and she has a ton of amazing talents, but hair cutting wasn't one of them. I mean, to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, she'd use scotch tape across my forehead to make sure she cut my bangs straight. So basically, I was getting this Frankenstein bowl cut, and all I really wanted was my hair to look cool like Keith Partridge on The Partridge Family. At any rate, this was probably a pretty critical time for me. I, mean, I could have used this body negativity as fuel for positive change, but I didn't. I did the exact opposite. I basically condemned what I perceived to be the cool kids, and that would be the jocks and the preps, right? The kids that I considered to be rich kids, although looking back at it now, they were probably in my neighborhood. They were probably the lower middle class, actually. But to me, they seemed like the rich kids. And instead, I joined the stoner crowd. Now, fast forward 25 or 30 years later, and I found myself overweight and ridiculously unhealthy, very weak in my mid-40s. And for the first time in my life, I was chunky but I wasn't regular chunky. I was skinny fat. So basically imagine this, I'm six foot two, so pretty tall guy. I've been lean or skinny most of my life. And then here I am in my mid forties and I've got this big old beer belly and I got these man boobs, but strangely enough, I've got skinny ish arms and legs. I mean, they were skinny in proportion to the rest of me. And now I had a new body dysmorphia. And so I live at the beach and of course, living at the beach, there's a lot of opportunities in the summer here. I'm in North Carolina. It's hot, it's humid, but I found myself embarrassed to take my shirt off. But this time, not because I was skinny and weak, but because I felt fat and unattractive. And now here I am today. I'll be 60 in the spring. And for all intents and purposes, I feel like I've built a lean, healthy, strong, capable body, but I still struggle with body image issues. I still struggle with body dysmorphia. My teenage- PTSD kind of makes me insecure about being skinny and weak. And every time I add a little bit of fat, I start freaking out and going the other direction. If I'm not really careful, this body dysmorphia, this mind game I play with myself, it manifests itself with me basically seesawing back and forth between trying to build muscle, which side note, you can't do that without adding some fat. And then me seeing a tiny bit of fat come around my midsection and immediately going on a diet, which is just spinning my wheels, right? So here I am, I'm I'm in a calorie surplus. I'm trying to build significant amounts of muscle. I say a little bit of fat, come on. I'm like, Oh no. And I've got now my fat body dysmorphia has kicked in and I'm freaking out because when I look in the mirror, I don't like what I see. So I immediately go on a cut and a diet. I, I restrict my cal- calories and then I start losing a little bit of that fat. And of course I immediately freak out because I'm thinking I'm turning into this skinny kid again. So I I tell you all of this to remind you that for most of us, body dysmorphia, like all things health and fitness related, it's a journey and a destination, and we're all somewhere on that journey. And I think the important thing is, is just that we're taking steps in that right direction. So, like I said, I... Still, when I look in the mirror today or when I'm in the gym and I'm surrounded by these big, buff, cut dudes, that body dysmorphia is really easy to creep back in. And that insecurity, that almost teenage insecurity comes creeping back unless I'm really careful and and take a hold of that. But let's back up and let's talk about what exactly body dysmorphia is. So in simple terms, the way it's defined is as a mental health disorder and it's a mental health disorder where you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance. And for most of us, that's going to be, I lack muscle. I have too much fat or something along those lines when it comes to health and fitness. And, these perceived defects or flaws are flaws that to others might seem minor or not even observable at all but when you look in the mirror what you see is far from minor and when i look in the mirror if i'm not careful what i see is far from minor it seems major to me now you might be wondering well hang on how how is it that I could be over 50. I'm not a teenager worried about fitting in, but that's exactly why I want to talk about this subject. Body dysmorphia doesn't discriminate. As far as I can tell, it affects people of all ages and all size, and it can affect anyone any age. And for those of us over 50, I think this just gets swept under the rug and it gets, it just goes unrecognized and unaddressed. Hence, that's why I wanted to address it in this podcast think about all the changes our bodies go through as we age. We start to naturally wrinkle our hair thins. We start getting gray hair. I've got thinning hair on the top. I've got some salt and pepper in my beard here and a little bit of gray. Well, actually more and more gray in my hair. And for some of us, maybe even a little extra weight around the waist. And for somebody struggling with body dysmorphia, these changes can trigger an overwhelming amount of stress and anxiety. And look, it's it's not just about ego or vanity. It's about how we perceive ourselves and our place in the world. So what can we do about it? And that's what we're here really to explore. But I think that it's important that we recognize that understanding and acknowledging body dysmorphia is really this first step. Just Knowing that what we see in the mirror might be distorted by our own perceptions, I think that's critical for us to really embrace. It's not about denying the aging process. It's about embracing it with a very healthy mindset. Think about how your self-perception affects your daily life and what you can do to foster a healthier body image. And that reminds me, I meant to bring this up earlier, but this is a perfect place to insert this actually. I did a podcast back in August of 22 with a woman named Nina Mandelson, and the title of that podcast was From Body War to Body Peace. So as you can tell from that title, we talked a lot about body image, body dysmorphia, And this interview was really enlightening. I mean, Nina was very, very vulnerable and raw, and she has a beautiful approach to body acceptance and body, more than body acceptance, but more body peace, making peace with your body. She talks about loving your body in a way that I really haven't heard anybody else talk to, uh, talk about that subject before. If you guys want to go back and check that out, I'll make sure I throw a link to that in the show notes. You guys can find that there. But she was, in fact, (laughs) fun side note, if I'm not mistaken, we're at 260-something episodes. I think that as of today, that's still the only episode we've had that featured poetry. So Nina writes body poetry. But she tells this very, very uh, emotionally raw story of standing in front of a mirror naked, repeating the mantra of, I love my body. I love my body. I love my body. And guess what happened? She hated her body. It didn't work. It didn't stick. And so again, if you're interested in hearing her full story and how she went from body war to body peace, definitely recommend you check that out. But it just, it reinforces this fact that I think that this is something that all of us need to come to terms with and to try and figure out a way forward. So let's transition and talk about body dysmorphia in our specific context of fitness. So fitness, as we know, when I say fitness, that's all the things we talk about all the time in this show. It's about eating healthy. It's about exercising and strength training, getting your steps in, healthy sleep and managing your stress, all that fun stuff. And as we know, fitness is a powerful, powerful medicine. It's a powerful tool. It shapes our bodies. It boosts our health and it even can transform how we see ourselves, our self-image, right? It can help improve our mental health and our emotional health. But here's the catch. It can be a double-edged sword. The way we approach fitness can either improve our body image or if not handled right, it can exacerbate issues like body dysmorphia. And look, I'm not going to lie. Gyms are chock full of people desperately trying to build and sculpt the perfect body and never being satisfied with what they see in the mirror. So let's break this down a little bit. When we exercise, our bodies release endorphins, these feel-good hormones that give us a natural high, and this is great for mental health. And regular exercise can help us feel more positive about our bodies and our capabilities, especially as we age, and that's what we want. But here's where it can get a little bit tricky. In our pursuit of fitness, it can be really easy to get caught up in comparison. Comparing yourself to your younger self, comparing yourself to others in the gym, and this is where fitness can start to feed into body dysmorphia and This is a slippery slope, and we can start to focus solely on our perceived flaws as opposed to all of the positive things that are happening and These perceived flaws can be maybe we 're not as strong as we used to be, or that we don't look like the toned models in fitness magazines or the shredded young people in the gym with us so What's the solution? Look, really, it's all about balance and it's about perspective. First things first... All of us should celebrate what our bodies can do rather than just how they look. I mean, did you walk that extra mile today? Did you lift a heavier weight than last week? Make sure you take the time to really celebrate these victories. Now, this is honestly a struggle with many, many of our clients. They're hesitant to join gyms because they perceive themselves as being too old, too out of shape, or too overweight to go to the gym. And I invite you to think about your own fitness routine, whether that's in a gym or at home. Are you focused on the right things? Are you focused on getting stronger and feeling better, feeling more confident? And are you reminding yourself that you're not competing with others and you're not chasing this idealized image, but rather it's about being the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself at this moment right now in your life. So I challenge you to examine your fitness routine through this new lens, celebrate your strengths, work on your weaknesses, but most importantly, be kind to yourself. Your journey is unique. It's what makes you you, and it's what makes you beautiful. Okay. So we've discussed a little bit about what body dysmorphia is, how it rears its ugly head in our, oftentimes in our fitness and health journeys. Let's talk about the solution. How do we overcome body dysmorphia? So overcoming body dysmorphia isn't a one size fits all solution. It just isn't. It's not simple. It's a journey. And like any journey, it starts with small manageable steps. We talk about that on the show here all the time. So let's explore some practical strategies that can help us on this path first things first mindfulness and self-awareness are key start by recognizing these negative thoughts about your body when they happen when you catch yourself being critical pause and ask yourself is this thought constructive or destructive awareness is the first step towards positive change And another powerful tool when it comes to overcoming body dysmorphia is gratitude. And look, I get it. I talk about gratitude all the time. I'm big on gratitude, unapologetically so. But each morning or evening, get into the practice of listing some things that you appreciate about your body, things that you're grateful for about your body. Maybe it's your strength. It could be your health. It could be your smile. It could be the progress that you're making. Anything that reminds you of your body's value beyond just your appearance. Now let's talk a little bit about setting realistic goals. It is great to have fitness goals and you should, let me be clear. You should have fitness goals, but ensure that they're achievable and healthy. Remember your goals should be about feeling great and not just looking great. It Look, I'll be the first to say there is nothing wrong with wanting to look good, to look great, to look lean toned, jacked, whatever it is in your mind looking good is there is absolutely nothing wrong with that but you know what's really really cool is having health and vitality having confidence and capability and this mindset from not just wanting to look good but to feel good can significantly impact how you view your body and its capabilities so as we're wrapping up here I would ask you to consider your own goals are they focused on health and how you feel or or solely on appearance. Adjusting your goals can be a game changer in how you perceive your body. And lastly, please don't hesitate to seek professional support. This could be a therapist, it could be a counselor, it could be a support group, it could be a coach, it could be a family member, but having some sort of guidance, potentially professional guidance, can be invaluable in overcoming body dysmorphia. So that's it. That's what I've got for you today. I just want you to remember that overcoming body dysmorphia, again, it's a journey. You're not alone on this path. Be kind, be patient, be kind to yourself, and remember to take the time to celebrate every single step forward, every single victory. Okay. That's our show for today, folks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle to assist you in your weight loss and fitness journey. So feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you. I'll put links to everything we talked about in the show notes. You folks can find those over at silveredgefitness.com slash 263 as we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. One is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to please click the like and subscribe buttons and you podcast folks to please give this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today and until next time, stay strong.